Welcome to the Bars FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight we're listening to part two of the interview with Pastor Brad Cummings. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And it is the end of Thanksgiving Day, Thursday, November 24th in the year 2022. East Coast, you are now into Friday. Black Friday, Plague Friday, get ready. It's coming. You're going to have to fight your way through. If you're getting ready to hit those shopping times early tomorrow, make sure you've got your combat helmet, your body armor, your baseball bat, preferably in a good kit handle and on the on your back, and a sidearm. It's going to get ugly out there, all for the sake of a free TV or 50% off. <laughs> Isn't that what we've become ravenous people. This is like zombie apocalypse every year. It's wonderful. We just sit back. The best thing to do is like not go and then to just watch the clips on Telegram because they're going to be everywhere. It's going to be everywhere. And it's going to be wonderful because you're going to find like the mobs like ripping carts away from people and stealing TVs out of little children's hands and watching the good, good, nice, nice, friendly Americans like beat a child over the head with a stuffed animal so they can get the thing that they were trying to get, their special toy they wanted. <laughs> Gee, many crickets. All for saving a few little bucks. Uh, but, Patriots, with that said, there is a good deal on for tomorrow you should know about, and it's the way it's going to help you preserve your wealth, and that's Birch Gold. Patriots, we are living through a time when inflation is continuing to plague our economy, our families, and our savings. And the irresponsible spending of the left just continues to exacerbate the problem. This year, we witnessed almost every kind of negative economic record, from empty grocery store shelves to 40-year high inflation. Don't let your savings wither away. Hedge against inflation with gold from Birch Gold. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 for your free info kit on diversifying into gold. Plus, when you do it this month, by Black Friday, get a free gold bar with every purchase that you make by December 22nd. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and claim your free info kit from Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Once again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and ensure your eligibility for a free gold bar with every purchase. Secure your future with gold. Do it today. Remember, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. 
That's texting bards to 989898. Soon to become the most popular promo code on the web. Absolutely. All right, Patriots. So tonight we have the second part of the interview with Pastor Brad Cummings. And this is a great interview. We've been talking about Joseph and re-looking at the way Joseph was working in the world and looking at how what he was doing was actually very similar in, in effect to what the World Economic Forum is seeking to do, that you will own nothing, you will rent everything, and you will be happy. It's a way of looking at Joseph that we seldom give a look at, and it's really kind of provided a deeper insight in the behavior of people and the willingness for society to go to collectivism when there's a threat to such a magnitude that's, that people believe they're all in danger. Now, there's a good thing of working together in communities, but the willingness for people in collectivist thinking is to give up everything, their rights, everything to government, and trusting in the government to lead you. This is exactly what has been happening here, and it's been we've been enduring this now for what going on almost three years and watching the collective whole of society lose their minds. Hopefully some turkey today shook that insanity out of them. And the best, <laughs> let's see if I can find it, because it was one of the best, uh, one of the best memes I'd seen today. And I'm just going to see if I can find it here real quick. And it had to do with Thanksgiving. I don't think I, I put it up in Telegram somewhere, but it had to do with coating the turkey with LSD and then finding out who was really, who, who was the toughest one. <laughs> Anyway, you'll find it in our Telegram channel. Go up there and look and check it out. It's pretty funny. But anyway, all right, Patriots, one last punch here for my pillow, and then we'll jump into the interview. This is Mike Lindell. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to bring you my biggest bedding sale ever, just in time for Christmas. Get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases, only $9.98. Rejuvenate your bed with a my pillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. We also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. We even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. All at the biggest discounts ever. I know my bedding products are perfect for you, and I'm extending my money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen, use your promo code, and you'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding products, including my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Patriots, that's MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Your promo code is Bards. And they really are amazing sheets. I have the Giza cotton sheets. I have the MyPillow mattress. I have the MyPillow duvet and comforter. I have the MyPillow pillows. <laughs> I'm kind of a MyPillow guy. And I'm telling you, they're great products, great gifts, super quality. You won't be disappointed in great service and a great company. All right, Patriots, without further ado, let's get in with the second part of the interview with Pastor Brad Cummings. And Benjamin Franklin, who I think is like the founding father to all the founding fathers. He's the father of all the founding fathers. He said to a people who are willing to give up their freedom, their liberty for a little bit of security, deserve neither. And I end up going like, wow, that is a really powerful quote because I think the true, 
the true reality is most of us in a time of crisis, we freak. And anyone who will come and provide us the sense of security, the offer of provision is going to have a real good chance at being Pharaoh and making all the dictates. And I think that is the reality of what's being set up is we're looking at a time of crisis and it's not going to be something that we're averted. Why is it, and you've, you've mentioned this all the time, why is it that all of our elected officials, nobody is talking to us about the storm on, on the horizon and what we're going to have to deal with and here's what we need to do and how to prepare. I end up going like, I think we're going to get um, Joseph in this exchange because they have the provisions that they need. They are the priests that don't have to sell their fields. They'll live off the government's allotment for them and they'll be fine. So nowhere do you have the priests telling the people what to do. They're just, they're kind of on the sidelines and they're all doing fine. So, well, I think this is, I don't important. know if I'm completely right in how I look at this, but that's just the way it's striking me. Well, Brad, part of it is you and I do find a chord in this. I mean, I don't find any disconnect with scripturally and, and then where we're looking at this, because what we're trying, what we're also doing is we're looking at realistically at institutions of power, which whether we like it or not, we've all been exposed to. I also think that I, I am reminded by a, a quote by Thomas Paine, it is the duty of every man as far as his ability extends to detect and expose delusion and error. So again, this is the a variation of the watchers of the wall, right? We're, what we're doing here is we're literally laying this out saying, look, this is what we see scripturally. Um, we can contest it. You can argue it. It's not right, whatever. But there's a lot of indicators that something very significant happened that transformed Egypt in such an incredible way that it changed the entire relationship economically that the landowner class had to Pharaoh and he gained and they lost. I don't think that's any dispute in that framework of scripturally. We, and that was driven by fear because it was the fear of a seven year famine following seven years of prosperity. We are in a very exact parallel to that as we are given two primary fears. They've added a third one lately but two primary fears, one of which is we're all going to die because cows apparently fart too much and there's global warming going on that is now global cha global climate change that used to be global cooling. So we're a little confused, but somewhere in there, something's supposed to be happening that's going to cause us all great harm and death and destruction. And the other is this COVID thing, that there is this ongoing cycle of pandemics that we're so fearful of that the only ones that can fix it, it's not God, the only one that can fix it is our pharmaceutical companies. And this is all they're asking you for is their absolute obedience and allegiance. And I promise you it'll work out okay. I mean, this is essentially Pharaoh again, right? And in the process, yep. we have the willfulness of a people, both then and now, to say, I give unto you all that I have. I'm willing to give up my freedom. I'm willing to give up my liberty. I'm even willing to sacrifice my holdings if it means that we as a, as a collective whole can be saved. Those parallel thoughts are there, and they don't come naturally to human beings that are sovereign and free. They do come naturally to those that believe or have become in uh, become to believe that they are of some sort of enslaved class obedient to a 
yeah. form of a leadership. And in this case, Pharaoh's God. In our case, we have a government that has said it's essentially God because it's kicked God out on the street and it's assumed that role over everybody that says, obey us, believe the science, and if you aren't, you are cast out, therefore, and shall be put outside the kingdom walls. That's literally the true parallels that I don't think there's any dispute on. Yeah. And I think we have the 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 unfortunate naive reality in a lot of people. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I still have a lot of friends who I would consider, and I don't. I don't just say this pejoratively. I would put them in the normie class. They have such an entrenched normalcy bias that they just can't go like, well, you know, they would never do that to us. You know, it's like the depopulation. You know, effort. It's like, no, no, no. That's such tinfoil conspiracy hat things. And I'm just going like. You know, I, I I too thought that at one juncture. I just have now done enough digging and enough investigating and enough finding to just go like, we're being lied to about so many, many things. And I think the the the, the other reason I wanted to bring this up to your your attention in our discussion is I think the challenge of you I could make a phenomenal um argument of how Joseph really was appointed and anointed of God for just this moment. And, and you know, I could also do that, frankly, for that guy, Mr. Donald Trump. And I, and, and whether, whether people like fully agree or not, I'm just going to like, you know what? I see things in his life that are just going like, no man with whatever charisma can just make that happen. It's like there's too much momentum that goes in a certain direction that you just go like only someone with supernatural help is able to do that. But then I look at Joseph and I'm like, I really kind of want to be a little more critical about not just having one conclusion about somebody for all time and all ways, because I end up going like the reason you'll find no commentaries that would ever you know kind of question Joseph in this moment is because we've made him a typical type of Christ. And therefore, it's kind of like, well, you can't, you know, it's like, he's the anointed. You can't touch the anointed. And I'm going like, don't do that. Don't do that to men and don't do that to people in the Bible other than Jesus. Because if you press the analogy long enough, you will then get distorted conclusions because there's not a single person in the Bible that is in a mixed bag. And there's not a single leader in the Bible. The reason I think the Bible is so amazing is it tells us all the dirt, shows us the good, the bad, and the ugly of all the characters. Sure does. And there's not a single one in there that's just given the total thumbs up, never did anything wrong, and was just perfect. It's like, no, no. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna learn from anything, I gotta have the unsanitized, unagended truth that shows the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then I don't have to repeat the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, I can learn the good, I can learn the lessons. I am gonna quote Thomas Paine again, only because I really like Thomas Paine. Um and it's very clear the slavery of fear had made men afraid to think. Wow. So we are, this really kind of brings the, the two times together perfectly, Brad. I mean, there is no question that there, there's a fear component in this and it's the irony that can't be missed that in scripture. And I always say this depending on the version of the Bible, but effectively it's 365 times God says, fear not. And when we we look at this and embedded into the Joseph story, 
whether we with really our willingness to pierce past the veil of this Christ-like framing we put on him is a reality that a culture is suffering through fear. This is the fear. You're going to starve. There, I, just, I don't think there's any more primal sense of fear. So here's another quite interesting parallel and yet variation. Isn't it interesting that in a time when we actually do have plenty, the one fear that would motivate people to do the right thing right now would be to say, we are facing potential food shortages. Make sure you are stocking up to prepare to help your communities. I argue and have argued for some time, not only have this message been omitted, but it is a fact that most Americans would do that because they are, in the sense, very good-natured. Regardless, I'm not going to get into the political divisiveness at the core of the day. I've just traveled too much of this country and met too many people. We may have political differences, but when the, when the cards are down, Americans are good people. So what would that yeah. do? And this is the piece that I find most interesting. COVID divides us. Food and yep. shortages unite us. And yet they're speaking nothing to the unity of food. The irony when we go back to Pharaoh is the fear of famine not only unites the, the class of people, which we're going to say the landowner class, but unites them to such a degree. And I am being... I am laughing at this, that they're willing to give up everything. It's like, oh, there you go. I'll take my freedom, take my food, take my land, and I'll be obedient as a slave. Unbelievable. I'm willing to give, be, make, become Just a slave. Just provide for me and, Just, and make me feel better. Right. And if we were to say to America today, which, I mean, we're saying it now, but if, if you had a leader in this country actually say, America, you need to take this seriously, what's coming. We are going to be facing food shortages. We need to come together as a nation. You have the responsibility. This is sovereignty, individuality, freedom. America yep. would unite and become strong individually, and yet we aren't doing that. And arguably, I think that is because of what the outcome is. It does not work towards the political class where the outcome of talking of food shortages worked towards the benefit of Pharaoh. See, see what, what bugged me the most is the first move was they gathered all the money. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going like, okay, you and I both are aware that um, the, 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 visual, the physical cash reserves of this nation are almost out. Right. You know, and, and, and they have, they're already testing right at this moment. Let's go to a CBDC. And so they've got, you know, 12 giant banks in New York, you know, testing this out and you're just going like, Okay, I'll guarantee you we're coming to a moment that is engineered. Whether it can be avoided or not, I, I, I don't know. But it's been engineered by somebody who's pulling the strings to bring us to that sort of cataclysm moment like we have no choice. We've got to do this. And it's sort of like everyone's in. And if you're not in, you're going to be out. And then you're going to be sort of put in that sort of reserve class where, you know, ultimately we'll move you to a FEMA camp and you'll be happy about it. And just go like, no, I don't look good in orange and I don't want to go to a FEMA camp. <laughs> and, I, and I don't want to have my sovereignty taken away, but they're engineering moments that if they started to tell us now and, and people started to really prepare, this would bring this nation together. Crisis leads to bonding. It's never fun, 
But man, does it ever bring disparate people together when all they have to do is survive and they know they need each other. I look at this and I go like, wow, you know, as much as I don't like all of this, this just might be some of the perfect storm that God might allow because this, if handled correctly, could actually be the biggest healing balm to a wrongly divided and ginned up division of people because all of a sudden we would find our common decency of caring for one another. And I'm sitting there going like, this is a, you know, it's like in in Chinese, the word for crisis is also the symbol for opportunity. And I end up going like, you know what? We don't have an opportunity to sort of take advantage of people because that will, that will bring their ire. But we do have an opportunity to prepare for people. And in such a way going like, how do I demonstrate as opposed to just talk about the love of God, how about I demonstrate it to you? And then you're going to ask me, why am I doing this? I think that's really good, Brad. I think this is this is about us not just being obedient to government. Tom Renz went on a bit of a rant the other day, a good one. As he is facing the realities of the outcome of this COVID deaths, the shot deaths from brought on by the vaccine, which... CDC's numbers, 18 million vax injured in the hospital, by the way, hospitalized vax injured, 18 million. Tom is looking at death rates of, and this matches up with Edward Dowd's numbers. We're looking at death rates over a million, right, of people dying from the vax. We're, We're qualifying this as unknown deaths, which everyone knows exactly what they are. We're in a cognitive dissonance in a nation that doesn't want to look at that. They want to look the other way because so many people have taken it and they don't want to be part of that class of people where they realize they made a miserable choice. And as we move forward here, we're not looking at the freight train that's really coming at us. And this freight train is all going to ultimately water down to one common thing. Can you eat? Literally. So let's just eat what we play with a lot in the sense, and this goes back to, to Joseph, they took away the money. I think this is very important because we look at this and say, all right, well, I don't think there's going to be, I hear this all the time. Grocery stores are full. There's really not, we're not seeing any shortages. I don't think there's going to be any. All right. I can argue where that's going to go easily in the spring, but let's not, let's just say the things say status quo right now. Let's just say that our, uh-huh. our, our inventories remain level. Here's a reality. And it goes back to the money. And then it goes back to, to food shortages again. We are looking at inflation in the household, average inflation, not CPI, but average inflation at 25 to 30% on critical items. That's food, including meat, eggs, milk, cereals, and potatoes even. Potatoes are up 16%. That's usually a base stock that people rely on to fill in the gap of other things. Those are up. All those items are up in costs. Gas costs up 30 to 40% in the nation. Fuel costs up 30 to 40% in the nation. We haven't even got into rents yet. Okay, with those real issues there, and those are only increasing, we are not seeing a declining of this. And I say all this because there are a batch of people out here that believe in this transition. They believe that we have to go through a difficult time to get to this new green agenda. They believe this. They believe that gas is going to be higher. It's normal because we're getting to force society over to an electric car. We believe that fuel costs at the house are going to be higher because we have to transition to renewables. 
and they believe that, well, food costs have to be higher because we have to get off the dependency of normal agriculture and start creating these warehouse manufacturing facilities. All of this. Okay, what's going to bring it down? That's the question, and the answer is nothing. Because it isn't the food, right. it's the collapsing dollar, which has been unpinged, yeah. unhinged from the petrodollar, which is now causing a, a just an, it's literally augering itself into the ground as there is no more basis for the dollar anymore since Saudi Arabia has shifted off of that. All of this is we can establish with fact. And so as we get here, we're looking at a crisis that whether it's by shortage of food or shortage of ability to pay for it, we are looking at a crisis of being able to eat as a nation. Our nation is coming to a, a critical point very much as, as they faced in Egypt that we are going to be going through, sadly, a famine of various sorts. It's just not necessarily only going to be weather-driven. And we are lacking a national narrative to say, in, in this sense, on a positive of Joseph's story, we need to set aside stores. The, the drive again, and I, and I said this at the very beginning, it's just ironic because people tend to, when they panic and they fear, again, rational men cease to think clearly under fear. Yeah. They look towards collectivism as a solution. So they look to the government. As the landowners of Egypt look to the government because Pharaoh was God, our generation now that doesn't know God is now looking to government yeah. to solve the problem. And we end up in a cycle. Yeah. It's exactly the same as Pharaoh. Yeah. And, I, you know, if ever there was a need for a truly anointed um, knower and lover of God, we, we need a Joseph and a Squanto wrapped in one who's not going to take advantage, but is going to provide the wisdom of say, here's how you farm. Here's how you can do this. If, if we start now, I mean, just, just start, learn something. And, 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 you know, it's like, even if you're in a tiny apartment in a city center and you can't get someplace, you can grow something in the windowsill and figure out how to do that. Well, and th there, there are ways that we can do. I know that, you know, we're going to come to a point in all of this. And I, I love what you were saying the other night about, you know, folks, this is a supernatural gospel. And we serve a living God, not just some, you know, distant deity. Um, he will provide for us. And if he needs to do food miracles, We've got a Bible full of supernatural providing moments where God was is trying to demonstrate one primary thing. I am here in your midst with you. And we can turn to him. So, you know, I don't have an idol out of my preparations. And, and I'm not I'm not sitting on the sidelines wondering Oh wow, I I can't wait till people are totally stressed out and they're having to sell things on the cheap and I'm just going to clean house. You're just going like, no way, do not do that to people. Yeah. And we need to be preparing um, with excess. And let me let me just read cuz I mentioned this to you last night. We had a great conversation after the show last night at Fishers. It was Jeremiah 6:16. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. You can't walk the ancient paths if you aren't going to believe in a supernatural God. Otherwise, you are literally saying, 
we will not walk in it. And that is so important right now is to confront that reality and realize that as I talked today and, and um, earlier, as I was talking about somebody I'd ran into and we were just talking about this power of, you know, they were, they were preparing, they were stocking up, but they made the comment to me, I don't think that we're ready. And I said, we are never be enough ready. What we need to continue the process because part of the stores that we're building is to prepare for the neighbor, the neighborhoods or our communities. And in fairness, this person did say, God put on my heart to prepare because I think we're going to have to help feed the community. I said, that's brilliant. And then added, I don't feel I'm prepared enough. And I said, well, we never will be. But that's where our faith comes in, in the supernatural God, where is like where we are short, he shall provide, whether it's by wisdom or by actual things. The miracles will happen if we are putting our faith in him. Yeah. And, and, and realize, I, you know, I think one of the things that a lot of people don't know when they read the Bible is there's a bunch of other verses where it talks about how God loves Egypt. He didn't just tolerate them. He loves Egypt. It's like he's the father of all the families, all the nations of all the earth. He's their father. And, I, you know, we we do a real disservice when we look at the Bible through just one tribe's lens, as if that's the only thing that matters. And I'm sitting there going like, no. I mean, because as much as I love the fact that, guess what? I can joke about being one of God's favorites, like, you know, he likes me. I don't know about you, but I mean, I can joke. But it's like, anytime I do that, I always feel a ding on my heart because it's like God's kind of like, no, you know that's not true. You know, I absolutely love the person you're talking to, whether they understand me or not. And I'm going like, wow, what if we actually lived in a way that demonstrated that? Yeah, isn't, that, I'm isn't, that where you go? isn't that where you say that was just a humor to God? And he's like, yeah, it didn't work. Try another version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they will, they'll know all this true if you would have love one for another. And you're just going like, wow, that really is the secret sauce. It's like the enemy's not ever going to foil me on a fake love. It's like, no, real love isn't manufactured. It's not done with gritting teeth. I mean, it's like, you know, I look at I look at if there's anything that God has been preparing in me, is I really think beyond any physical preparations, he's let me recognize in the midst of difficulty, that doesn't mean he's gone. In the midst of difficulty, he's right there and he's not leaving. And in the midst of my not enjoying the person I'm contending with, He's also taught me that I love that guy too. You know, and that's prepared me to, 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 to look at a different solution than just getting my way. I sent you that song last night on uh, over to you, which was uh, gravity. And, yeah. and it's um, the reason I'm bringing it up now is because the backstory on gravity, which really moves me and that that's with uh, Christine DeMarco and it featured uh, Kaylee as well. But what's so important in the backstory is what you just said, is that in the two of those, as they talk, as they're talking about how they developed this song, it was the realization that they had created in a, a false idolatry of God only being present in our good times. 
and realizing that the richest part of the relationship with God is when we actually are in our most challenging moments. I absolutely love the backstory to that song because it's it's so powerful in capturing truly what we miss. And I think both of these stories do just that. Egypt, who lacks a relationship with a God-fearing God. Modern day, we lack a relationship with Father God. And in the process, yep. we didn't turn to him and know that he was there because he was very present. And I a testimony to myself and yourself, we've, we've talked so much about this. He's more present now probably than we've seen him. And it's so easy to get to if we're willing to reach. And yet the fear and all of this drove the eyes of the nation then and the nation now towards the government to solve the problems that he was there to offer solutions for. I think that is one of the most profound insights for me anyway, of what you've brought today. Yeah. And there's, there's perhaps an enduring one that we can see through the plagues as well as this moment, which precedes those is you just end up going like, wow, it's interesting. The people in the land of Goshen and both times, and Goshen means drawing near or approaching. And I that that is not lost on me. Those people are okay. In the midst of absolute difficulty that was going on, that was shaking the world in their day, the folks that dwelt there were doing okay. And it seems to me that when God shakes the world, you know, it's like it says in Haggai, you know, yet once more, I will shake everything that can be shaken. I, I, I go like, why? Well, so that you may receive an unshakable kingdom. And I go like, okay, then the shaking is not so bad. If that's where you're trying to get me, you're trying to remove me from that which will not stand to get me to the place that I can stand and will not move. And it's like, well, who is that? That's Jesus. That's him. That's father who I can absolutely come to in these moments. The other thing that I know he's prepared me, and it's, I've only learned this through seasons of absolute lack, is that when I think I have nothing, if I put my hand in him who is everything, there's nothing that I need that I cannot receive. God has provided for me in all kinds of moments when I had absolutely nothing and I was terrified. And, you know, the very fact that I live in a house with a roof over my head when I used to be homeless on the beach, please, I've never forgotten that a single day. I, I, I know who has provided for me, and I also know what I cried out for when I didn't have a place to even go. He pointed out a lifeguard tower, said, go there. <laughs> so, so I did. <laughs> and I was able to get in. I go like, nice, that's a solid Jesus. Appreciate it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but Brad, isn't, this, isn't so, this also with this as a, you've just kind of articulated Habakkuk, which I just think is beautiful because Habakkuk does the protest to God in the beginning. It's like, what are you doing? Like literally like, dude, yeah. Like what's happening yeah. here? You're, you're, we're not working. Nothing. And God's <laughs> Everything's like, food bar. Right. And God's like, well, let me, let me uh, explain. We're going to have um, 
essentially the Babylonians come in and slaughter you all. And he's like, what is going on with this? I thought you were a loving God. And then in the process, he explains it to where Habakkuk arrives where you just said. He realizes that all things in the greater picture of Father God lead to one thing, to understand that he is everything, even when there's no fruit on the trees, even when the animals aren't, aren't, aren't bearing offspring. He's still there, and he's still there to provide in whatever specific way we need. He never has let go. We have to let go of what we're clinging on to in this world. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of like if if it's helpful to think of this because I know I know this has happened in your life as well as mine just because I know we shared our stories with each other. I do believe that the most amazing thing that you could ever go through is not the great reset; it's the great exchange. You know, it's like you know what what does salvation cost? Well, it's free, but it'll cost you everything. And it's like, well, yeah, I thought you said it was free. It's like, yeah, here it's a it's a it's a force multiplier. If you will give God everything that you are and have, He will be everything that He is, and will provide for you all that He is and all that you need. So, all for all. And what I get bummed about is how I watch sort of in fear, and those who haven't been won to a place of trust. They end up doing God on the layaway plan. Well, they just a little bit, everything a little bit. And it's like, it's not wrong. And I think God's not, he's, God's not upset. He's going like, Hey, I will meet you wherever you're at. He's not like, no, no, sorry. You got to pull vault. And it's like, no, I'll take a, I'll take a tiny little toddler step. God will meet you where you're at. But at some point, as opposed to fearing, what the elites of this world have designed for us. And I'm going like, you know, they're evil. I don't say that about a lot of people ever, but about a few of them, I'm going like, they're flat out evil. They may not be human. Okay. Just, just saying. And so I end up going like, all right, they don't have good plans for us, but I think God has his own greater reset that may well be what happens on the earth as opposed to, you know, getting Klaus Schwab. It's going like, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to be successful at it. The reason I don't is because I think God absolutely loves all of us too much to just go like, Oh yeah, I'll let the Luciferians win. It's like, no, no, he's not going to do that. Um, But he does need us to learn to grow up in the midst of this thing and really discover who he really is. And therefore God's not afraid of calamity or difficulty because he also knows how to totally keep us provided for safe through it. And it doesn't mean that your life will not get touched by difficulty because it's like, I don't know about you, but mine has. I have friends that have died because of this thing, and it's not fun at all. And it's not a one-to-one. It's like, well, they just, you know, they made the, it's like, no, I don't know all those details, but they suffered. But is God absent from that? No, not at all. And I think that's where we've got to come is I don't have to fear the future or even the bad guy's plans for me. If I'm leaning in and pursuing, approaching 
dwelling in Goshen the whole time, the living God, because the whole point in shaking this stuff is to demonstrate that the unshakable one is here in our midst. I think that's beautiful. Just saying. No, I think that's that says it all. <laughs> well, Brad, I'll tell you, it's awesome to have this show with you for Thanksgiving, and I really appreciate it. Um, let's do a prayer, as we do. So yes, I, I can kick it off, and why don't you close? How's that? Absolutely. All right. Well, Father God, we're just really blessed by this time, and this day is a remembrance of, of a really powerful relationship that was built with the pilgrims and the native americans a peace that lasted 50 years with a covenant that was made with god and on this day father we're equally reminded of the of the strength that we need to have and the a power that fear can affect us and take over our hearts to literally blind wise men from being able to see father in this time when there's has been such a difficult time in the last few years. This fear and the division by fear, the these sort of uh, challenges that have been faced by so many families. We just pray for healing, to truly set aside and have forgiveness in the heart, to air the differences as men and women do face to face, to discuss them with reason and with control, to hear each other out, to now move forward to build the bridges that will take us forward in these days to come, in days that will be challenging, in days that will face scarcity, in a time when we're going to have to build community, but to do so in a way that we don't give up our individuality, our sovereignty, or our liberty. These are challenging times in that balance because so much that we're being told is to obey a collective mind, an obedient mass where we are supposed to do as the mass does otherwise be cast outside the walls. That sort of thinking is not that of kingdom. And so we pray for the wisdom that you can bring to so many, the blood of Jesus to heal the hearts of so many, and the strength of kingdom to reinforce the homes and the families in such a way that they can truly see each other with the love in their heart that you were intending that we have from birth. Guide us in these times, Father. Bless the families that are together. Bless those that are alone and let them be reminded that they are not alone. That in fact, they're walking with Jesus and that their voice is heard. And that in this time, as we go through this period of celebrating what should be a truly great celebration, a remembrance of true peace built by the hand in a covenant to you, to bridge two cultures as one. Let us model that to the future in our families and in our nation. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Father, I I thank you at the outset. In a perfect world, you said there was one thing that was not good, and it's for man to be alone. And God, I thank you. We're not. There's no place I can go that you're not there. I can't, I can't go into outer space. I can't go into the depths of the earth. I can't even run off into horrible sin. I can't go into the bowels of hell and you're not there. And so God, I just want to thank you first and foremost. You do not leave us. You do not forsake us. You promised you never would. So Lord, I ask for everyone listening 
whatever's happening in their thanksgiving, will you put thankfulness in their heart? We enter your gates with thanksgiving. And God, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you that I got breath. I want to thank you that I have a wonderful family and I've got kids that know you, love you. God, I thank you for the friendship I have with Scott. I thank you that you purposed to, to make our paths cross. And, 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 and Lord, I thank you that you inhabit our discussions. I thank you for everybody that's being summoned and drawn to you through this podcast and, and through the time of crisis in this world. Lord, I thank you that you're allowing crisis in this world to shake the very foundations that we might receive something that's unshakable. Lord, I thank you that you have never left me wanting with no place to go and no way to cry out to you. I thank you that that place and that time, that moment, that crisis doesn't exist. I thank you that you hear every feeble attempt of mine to connect with you and that you wait and long for that moment. God, I thank you that you don't hold my moments of distraction and being just lost in something else. I, I, I love it that when I come back to you, you're not pissy and you're not upset with me. And you, you always receive me. So, Lord, on Thanksgiving, I just want to say you're awesome. You are the best God out there. There are none like you. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you've provided everything for us and that you always will. And I thank you that you grow us up into your own image and you teach us how to love others. So, Lord, I thank you for the days ahead. If it's all a bunch of famine and peril, I thank you because I'm not going to be alone. You're going to be with us. You will guide us. You will provide for us and you will show us the way. And Lord, I thank you that I don't have to have some awesome capacity to hear you, but I believe in your awesome capacity to speak. I thank you. You're a great communicator. I thank you that you can even be heard by those with hard, uh, that are hard of hearing. And Lord, I just, I bless every single person that's listening that they would know your presence. They would become confident in knowing your voice. And they would absolutely be filled with a knowledge of your love for them that would crowd out fear and concern. Because, Lord, you know the plans that you have for us, and they are to prosper us in the ways of the kingdom. And that's something that nobody can take from us. So we bless you on this day, and we give you the thanks. Amen. Amen. Well, Brad, I hope you and your family have an amazing, awesome, God-filled Jesus walk Thanksgiving. We we will. I'm going to eat turkey and probably take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I like that tryptophan moment because I have a dream. It'll be really cool. You know, it's awesome. It is cool. It is great. That's, hey, that's dude, cool. I, I got to tell you, thank you so much for your friendship. Thank you for our God-filled discussions. I always come away learning something, 
um, seen something I never saw before. So I just, I thank you for just the invite to spend this time with you. Well, Brad, it's, it's mutual. You know that I, I thank you so much for the conversations we've had. And it's a very blessed, it's been a very blessed year and a half that we've had these discussions almost every day. And I, I mean that it's really something, um, the, the roads we've traveled and the things we've talked about, as you said, we'd probably be heretic in most churches, but that's okay. I'll take it. It's good. It's, it's truly That's yes, right. Moses was outside <laughs> the camp, too. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Brad, have a very blessed Thanksgiving, and we'll talk very soon. Okay. Okay. God bless. Well, Patriots, that was Pastor Brad Cummings, obviously a good friend of mine, and just sharing with you, just some of the conversations and the light conversations that we have, and we have almost every day, literally taking a walk through scripture and how it applies to life and talking to father God and just enjoying the walk with Jesus, which is just makes things most amazing and most incredible. We're in such a time right now that those walks I think are becoming not just important, but critical. It's part of that process to really understand the step forward and how we have to go. You know, we, we had the family, the Lanyard family that came up now 48 hours ago and they were in need of support. They had an $11,000 goal with a low goal of 9,000 in 48 hours, bars nation rallied and that number that they now have is over $15,000 and they're, with a new baby on the way, they're set now for the winter. And I think that's amazing. And to add to that story, which is what's most amazing, is Jeff, the husband, jumped into chat today, and then I got an email from Jenny earlier tonight. That um, And what Jeff had said was that in, he encountered somebody today whose house had burned down. After years, several years of building it, they were about ready to move in, and their house had burned down. And so Jeff's comment today in chat was that I have found a way to return the, the, the grace that was given to us by Bard's Nation. As you have taken care of our family, I'll now work to help another family. And that's truly the foundation of rebuilding this world. It is a point of us taking enough care to step outside of this beast's, <clears throat> excuse me, this beast system, and in so doing, we're actually paying forward and um, building a new, building the kingdom, and working under kingdom, kingdom law, kingdom rules, which is really powerful. All right, patriots, that's it for tonight. Hope you all had a very beautiful Thanksgiving. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Happy Thanksgiving, and out for now. 